Topics episode of the Young Turps Podcast from the Viner Forgate Studio. This is your host, Mason Viner. And your co-host, Jordan Viner. And on today's podcast, we're talking about all about the Terps win against Iowa on Thursday night. And of course, all of your other Terrapin news on the Terrapin Rundown. But before we get into that, this podcast, as always, is brought to you by Allied Party Rentals, your hometown Terrapin Party Rental resource. Allied has what you need, whether you're hosting a large wedding, putting together a small luncheon, or setting up a street festival. Allied has the tents, chairs, linens, china, and other accessories you are looking for. Wayne from Turf Talk has known Donnie at Allied since 1995. Located right next to College Park in Beltsville, Maryland, and serving the entire DMV today, contact Allied at 301-986-0067 or visit them on the web at alliedpartyrentals.com. Jordan, now for the Terrapin Rundown. Well, to start things off, the Mountain River Report, as always, women's basketball is doing their thing. The number 17 Lady Terps won their sixth straight game Thursday night. This time taking down Ohio State 85-65 on the road. Five players scored double figures, led by Kayla Charles again with 19 points. Terps are currently third in the Big Ten standings behind Northwestern and Iowa. Yeah, they'll host uh, Michigan State Monday night at 8 at the Xfinity Center. Uh, they're back in the top four seeds as far as projected brackets are concerned. Wrestling, 2-12 uh, and 12 on the season, lost 43-3 at number three Ohio State today. Sounds like a sport. Uh, sounds like a score from another sport that we're all familiar with. Uh, next on the slate is the number two Penn State and the Lions tomorrow at two. Don't expect anything better than that. Uh, gymnastics, the Gym Terps, uh, number 19 in the country, take on Illinois tomorrow afternoon. Uh, number 14, Nebraska, next Sunday in Lincoln after that one. Uh, that's next Saturday in Lincoln. And, yep, uh, big matches for the Terps coming up. Um, yeah, Just hope they can keep up and keep going and live up to the ranking. Yeah, uh, on the tennis court, the Terps lost uh, six sets to one against Columbia this afternoon. We'll face uh, VCU tomorrow. And it's lacrosse season, Jordan. They scored 23 goals in their opener, the most uh, since 2013, I believe, defeating the High Point Panthers, who's not a bad team at all in, in any stretch of the word, 23-12 uh, to 12 today. Uh, they play Richmond, an, another non-walkover opponent, next Saturday in College Park for uh, game number two. Yeah, good start for lacrosse as uh, they get going. Women's lacrosse starts next weekend as well. Uh, so overall, they say a bit of a mixed bag with the non-revs this week. Um, speaking of women's lacrosse, attacker uh, Brandy Griffin was named Big Ten Preseason Player of the Year yesterday. So expecting big things from both our lacrosse programs this year. And uh, interestingly, on the women's side, you know the Final Four is this season? No, I do not. Homewood Field? At Homewood Field, yep. Yeah, that's not surprising. Uh, it was there last year, actually. It's a great venue for it. Yeah, and they always get some great Maryland crowds whenever they make it that far, so hopefully they can return and have that home court advantage, or I guess home field advantage yet again. Yeah, and it's more of when they don't make it, honestly, at this point. Yeah, that, that's definitely true. Um, so only one other news item on our uh, rundown today, um, and that's a pretty big one, though. Earlier today... Maryland landed uh, a St. Francis three-star defensive end with my new favorite, maybe my favorite name in Maryland basketball history, Mason. You mean Maryland football history, Jordan? Yes, I do, but that would be, you, you can say it, Mason. I, I've been having it up for a while. What, Zion Angelo Shockey? Is that it? Zion Angelo Shockley, the defensive end from St. Francis. Um, that name is just epic to me. I hope we get to talk to him because I want to asking where it came from but yeah um a big time defensive end here three-star recruit 516th best player in the 2021 class 
But uh, another big guy, 6'4", 230, and may, not, you can't overlook the fact that all day he's from St. Francis and going to play football in Maryland. This is the kind of guy that you need to compete in the Big Ten. A major size here, 6'4", 230. A three-star guy, so just kind of, I think, in my opinion, this guy's just starting to pick up. You see the offers from uh, Pitt, Louisville, some other teams talked around about it. Uh, 516th ranked player in the country in the 2021 class, uh, 29th uh, wide side defensive end, and the 18th best player in Maryland. So so it is a get for the Terps, big size here from St. Francis. And, you know, it, start, it starts somewhere. Ja'Kai Green this past season, uh, a, a St. Francis guy, and now here we go. So two years in a row with the St. Francis player. Uh, inroads could be being made here, could not be being made here. Who knows? But still another big defensive lineman and a guy that the Terps are going to have to develop. But, but it's size overall, I think, from the staff right now. Well, I think that you can't overlook the um, – or underlook maybe the fact that Maryland hasn't been able to get in with the Baltimore schools. And that's something that we've definitely talked about on Turf Talk before. And it's been a problem. But if you keep getting guys from the Baltimore Catholic circuit, eventually you'd hope you'd be able to break through, right? Yeah, and this is just something to say about this this 2021 class. Is the Terps are now ranked, I believe, number 11 – uh, in the country in the class rankings. It's way too early uh, to really be saying anything about that, but they're, they're all over this this list. You know, you look at the top players in Maryland, and, and they're starting to make some inroads with Landon Tengwall. I really don't know how to pronounce his last name, sorry. Uh, the five-star from Good Counsel. He's an offensive tackle. Uh, you hear the Terps being around Robinson from Quince Orchard, a four-star guy. Th there's just... I mean, there's a ton, as we all know, a ton of talent in this next class coming out of this area, as there always is. And, and Maryland's starting to um, kind of make their play. They're also mentioned around Ryan Barnes, who's a three-star guy, from also from Quince Orchard. Uh, th there's just – they're really picking up. They're, they're picking up both nationally and in this area, and it's really important um, for this staff to uh, – you know, to put it frankly, do what they were brought here to do, and that's recruit and let's build a program that if if they can't win, someone else can slide in and have have um, immediate success. Well, I hope it doesn't come to that, but look, that's the fact of the matter. The fact of the matter is that White Clarkson was brought here because he could give us guests back on solid footing in the DMV, and everybody loved talking about his relationship with trainers and coaches and everybody and everybody knew who he was and we're starting to see the fruits of that but that's kind of what he's hung his hat on whether that's fair or not that's what the fan base has held him to hang, to hang his hat on so far and so far he's delivered like given circumstances even in the 2020 class with um Rick Jarrett he's delivered on his promise so far and hopefully it turns into wins um before we get into the basketball game there's one other thing that I just recently saw that I want to talk to you about Mason because this is something I think you'll appreciate yeah um, I was just browsing the internet the other day, and I saw from 247 this article, which lists every Super Bowl starter for the game tomorrow in their, um, like, how, how many stars they were coming out of um, high school. Yeah. And do you know how many five stars I have counted? Well, you see, there are, that's it's different. You know, there's only f 25 stars a class. Yes, and there are, um, I believe, four in this game, which is pretty good. But uh, the thing that really caught my eye was across the offensive lines, 
they're mostly two stars. Yeah, I mean, I really don't think for the people that follow this, and I'm not saying that everyone does, uh, and I'm not saying that what you said doesn't belong on this show, considering what I like to say about recruiting a lot. It's not too surprising because, and this is not really a knock on on anything. I'm going to say it though. The guy that Maryland got today, shock, Shockley, is six four two thirty. You look at that number. You say that guy's an NFL size. The four-star player that is an interior defensive lineman, Taz Johnson, that the Terps got the other day, he's six one two ninety right now. I'm not saying that he can't make it to the NFL. I'm not saying he's not a great football player. But just size and numbers-wise, the three-star guy sounds more like an NFL player than the four-star one. It's High school is way too early to judge players for the NFL, and really to judge them, honestly, I think, by the time they're a senior um, in college. You know, that doesn't really matter anymore. Everyone likes to say, what have you done for me lately? I don't think there's anything better in life than um, sports for that phrase. Might be true. Um... And another one last note on our recruiting class before we get to basketball. Uh, five out of five players, or six out of six players, in, in the current class that are uh, verbal commits to the Terps all have roots in the DMV. The five high school players and the one JUCO, all DMV guys. And there actually is DM and V in there. They're, they have a Ty Felton, Ashburn, Virginia guy, a Taz Johnson, St. John's guy, the rest of them, Maryland. That is something I did not know. Um, all right, well, that's my little tidbit on the Super Bowl. We'll get maybe some more later. For now, though, Mason, this Iowa game on Thursday night was a great environment at College Park, Jurassic College Park. It saw two top-ten performances from Anthony Count and Jalen Smith and saw the Terps exact their revenge for one of the worst performances in a couple years now at Iowa. Yeah, I think that, that kind of sets it up perfectly. Um, Jalen Smith gives the Terps 18 points and 14 boards. Anthony Cowan, 31 points. Jordan, some not-too-great scoring performances from Eric Ayella and Donta Scott now with the second game with only three points. But, I mean, you get nothing from Sorrell Smith. No points at Ricky Lindo, even though he's only out there for three minutes. And the team just looks fine. I mean, it looks as almost as good as it has with 31 from Cowan, 18 from Sticks, 14 from Wiggins. Kind of what we expected uh, going into the season, that you would have the opportunity to have uh, a guy like Eric Ayala only give you six points. I mean, more sells 10, maybe a little bit higher than you would have thought at the beginning of the season. But you're now seeing, in my opinion at least, the team that we all hoped for in this last game. You know, Yeah, to some extent, that's true. People have off games, and it's okay. We're still winning the game. We still look great. I, I don't really think this was a 10-point game, to be frank. I think the Terps won. I think it seemed by the end of the game that the Terps had a bigger lead than 10. It just kind of got ended up you know, being 82-72. to 72. But there was a time in this game where Maryland was just punching them in the mouth. Yeah, that's true. Um, Maryland, well, you get, when you talk about this game, the first thing you got to mention is Luka Garza got knocked with two early fouls, which took him out of the game basically for the first half within the first, I think, six minutes. That was the first step to Maryland winning. And then his backup, Ryan Creener, also picks up two fouls, one of which I don't know about. There's a lot of talk about the technical foul and whether it should be a technical foul or not, but whatever it was, that was how it was called. And then it really got actually concerned me because Maryland didn't take advantage of the fact that Garza and Creener were both out. 
they really only got the lead up to seven points and were came to the half winning by four. And I was concerned because I was thinking, well, you know, they were down two big men. They had a former walk on playing against sticks. Like, why are we only winning by four points? So they could come out and just blow us out. And that mm-hmm. kind of happened to, in a way, Iowa came back and took the lead in the second half. But after that, Anthony Cowan just turned on the Jets like we haven't seen in his career. He's got a career-high 31 points, and he, he really is cementing himself as one of the greatest players around basketball history. I know that's going to be a controversial take, but, I mean, he passed what William on the scoring list. He's something he's like fifth in assists. Statistically speaking, he is up there. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. When it comes down to the statistics, um, there's not many better than Anthony Cowan in Maryland basketball history, and I really think on the court he's given the Terps a lot. The one thing that I will say, and, and this is, you know, it happens sometimes this way and it doesn't. But in my opinion, given when you say, you know, a former walk-on came on and, and shut down Jalen Smith when two guys were in foul trouble, you're talking about a team that's considered one of the top 20 teams in America. And that guy that came in, um, I do uh, not. Riley Till, that's it. Yeah, so this guy, I mean, he gives him six minutes. Those are probably the six hardest minutes of basketball he's ever played in his life. He definitely and and most certainly gave it his all because that's one of probably his only chances to play meaningful minutes in a basketball game in his college career. And, you know, I know that it seems like on paper Jalen Smith could beat him, but sometimes there's just something about these walk-on guys, especially the ones that earn scholarship by late in their career. When you need them the most, a lot of the times they show up. You know, you think about what – Oslander did at Maryland when they were, I mean, when Turgeon was really, I think, at rock bottom in his career. He came in there and gave Maryland meaningful minutes. Spencer Barks did it one year, um, and multiple times throughout that, I think it was 2013-2012 season. You know, these guys give, for whatever the reason, they give you some kind of push sometimes. I love it. I don't know about you. Well, I don't really love it when it's against Maryland, but I, I just do. You know what? I do love it when it's against Maryland. And I, I need to say this, and I'm gonna. This is almost an Iowa fan come at me. Jalen Smith dominated the battle against Luca Garza, and I know Garza scored more points. He had 21 to six is 18, but he also missed more shots than he took, or he missed more shots than he made. Mm-hmm. Garza did, and I need to scream this. He got four rebounds to six 14. Jalen Smith owned Garza today. I'm not today, Thursday night. I'm on making that 100 percent yeah. clear. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and what I will say about that, and this isn't really a knock against Jalen. I know that uh, some people think I do knock Jalen a lot, which I did for a long time, not the way he's been playing as of recent, though. Um, there's just something about playing a game and then the going into that game and then being immediately taken out of it. You're so hyped up. You're so ready. You think about someone that, you know, if any of you are big gym people out there, you know, you take pre-workout, even though it's terrible for you. <laughs> you take pre-workout, and you're all hyped up to go to the gym. And let's say uh, on your first set, you, um, like, drop a weight against your toe. And then you're kind of knocked off for the rest of the time you're in that gym. You're knocked off sometimes because you're so hyped up to get there. And uh, I know the gym's probably a bad analogy because not that many people are ha- that happy to go to the gym. But, um, you know, you just think about something that you're so happy for, even if it's like to start your day and then and then there's traffic in the morning. And you're like, well, crap. You know, I was really excited to get to – to work or to get to wherever I was going, and then you're off the rest of the time. I think that could have honestly happened for Luca Garza. I think it's a bit of an excuse. I mean, I am literally making an excuse for it, but I think that that could have caused something there. I, I that does happen to quite a few players that get in foul trouble early in the game. 
Oh, that absolutely could have, but it doesn't change the fact that Sticks won the battle. And the other thing is, he got five blocks, and most of them were against Garza. That really surprised me. He's finally figured out, it seems like, how to leverage his length to his advantage. He's, I think, as it stands right now, I think Jalen Smith may win Big Ten Player of the Year. I think it's very possible at this point, especially with Mer- the way Maryland's playing and the fact they could. We got to mention this because it happened today. Michigan State Rutgers both lost. The path is clear for Maryland to take the number one seed in the Big Ten. Yeah, um, it's there. You know, we were just talking about this. This team's not out of anything, especially with college basketball is working right now. They're not out of, in my opinion, they're they're anyway from losing in the first round of the NCAA tournament to winning the championship. I can see it all. The way they're playing right now, they're leaning more towards the better part of that. The way they were playing two weeks ago, you can see them losing in the first round or maybe even going on a crazy losing streak and being in the bubble for the tournament. I mean, there's just so many scenarios right now in college basketball. I love the way they're playing. I love the opportunity they have. But this Iowa game, in my opinion, was a huge step forward for this team. You're looking at a team uh, in Iowa, and no one really knows what happened when they were on the road against Iowa. I don't even think Mark Turgeon knows. I don't think anybody in that locker room really knows what exactly exploded for them in that game, other than the fact that they were just bad at basketball at a certain point. Um, but you're you're looking at a game that has to inspire confidence in this team, but they have another tough one coming up against Rutgers. She's probably not going to be ranked, unfortunately, anymore. But he, there's a lot to play for, and I think that that that's everybody's aware of that one. Oh, well, we talked a lot about sticks. Um, another player that I think deserves a shout out, and that absolutely to me is Daryl Morcell. We got ten points, four fouls, four rebounds, but he shut down for the most part Joe Wieskamp because Joe Wieskamp came out the game and scored like ten points in the first game minutes or something. And Darren Marcel, he did his job in the way that makes, I think, every Maryland fan proud. He just picked Wieskamp up and did not let him go. He Wieskamp struggled mightily. He, I think he missed like eight shots straight. Darren Marcel was picking up fouls, but he was not going to let him score. Yeah, and that's 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 what Daryl's here to do. That That's the Darryl Marcel that wins Maryland the national championship or makes Maryland a deep-run team. You know, he's a defensive stopper. That That's number one for you if you're Daryl Morsell from here on out. Now that Wiggins has got it going, and I, when Wiggins isn't going, hopefully Ayala can. You know, obviously it's not the super team that we expected where Aaron Wiggins is going to be the number 10 pick in the draft. That That's not happening, or it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. You know, there's still a lot of basketball left to play. But if if Wiggins and Ayala can trade off scoring 7 and 15 a game, Morsell can, de- can devote himself to defense. You know, suddenly you're in the spot where if Jalen and Anthony are playing well, or maybe Jalen or Anthony can have an off game and Aaron or Eric can step up, you're suddenly in the spot where you're not really losing on offense. You know, Daryl Morcell is not going to be forced to dribble the ball off his foot with four minutes left in the game and cost us the game. You know, if you, you're kind of catching on to what I'm saying, it's you're in such a better place as far as scoring is concerned right now than I think you have been almost this entire season. And it's going to allow people to do their job instead of having people forced into something that they're not they're not their best at. You know, we're at the point where this team is at the point where they can play the kind of basketball where everyone's doing what they're best at. Then they're almost unstoppable. I think it's a fair assessment. And I think that a lot of this has to do with – oh, actually, I was going to say something about it. Well, I'm actually, gonna... Jordan, I got one more on that. All right. The other, the opposite of that, just to throw it out there, and just to really say it, 
because just to calm it down a little bit, maybe, is that the opposite of that is Daryl Morcell is not good when he has to fill in at something else. And Eric Ayella and Aaron Wiggins have been very unreliable this season. It's not like it's all been great. It's, it's that it, it can be. And in this game, it seemed to all kind of work together. That's more of what I was looking for. I wasn't looking to make some you know, statement about how we can play the whole rest of the season. No, it's like in this specific game and moving forward, if we can do that, then, then it's going to be – then you're going to see the top 10 Maryland team that we all thought we were going to see. Well, we're getting close to seeing it. I'm curious where we're going to end up in the rankings next week. Um, what I was going to say, though, is when this Maryland team is confident, when Anthony Cowan's playing like he is – and Mark Jordan said he's not going to play like this every game. He's not going to score 31, which is career high every game. But when he's playing well enough – when Sticks is confident and doing his job and everything else, like you said, is kind of working, this team may be the most talented in the Big Ten. And this Rutgers team that we're coming up against is going to be – it's going to be interesting to see what happens because I don't think that Rutgers can compete with Maryland in terms of the quality of athlete that Maryland has, has now. With Jalen Smith playing well, Anthony Cowan playing well, with Aaron Wiggins – just scoring. I mean, Mark Jones said this in his press conference. Aaron Wiggins goes forward for nine from three, said two for nine. This game's a blowout. I don't know if there if Rutgers can compete with us in the quality player that we have. But something that I think you should would appreciate is Mark Jones said in his press conference. One of the things that he thinks has turned this team around after we kind of spiraled for a second against Iowa and Wisconsin on that road trip is that Anthony Cowan was is the one he said coaching the team at this point to some extent. He's the one screaming at the team to shape up after they make mistakes so Mark Turner doesn't have to. And he, Mark Turner says he really appreciates that, but that's exactly what you wanted, Mason. Yeah, and I don't really think that's true. I'm just going to say it. I don't. That's not all the way true. You looked at the way that Mark at, or Turgeon acted at, um, at, at Indiana, where I actually, for the first time, I think I was watching the man coach and was like, yes, sir, yell at your players. Yell at them to rebound, because that's what he was saying. If you go back and look at the game, uh, you can put together the words that he's saying, and, and I'm not going to say them because they're not too friendly for the air, but you're saying get the bleeping ball, you know, do your job. The kind of things that if you have a team that has high expectations, you should be saying because you don't really need to say much because they should know the rest. But, yeah, I, I think that Anthony is right there as far as a leader is concerned and really uh, uh, picking the team up and, and, and moving it on. You know, it, it's time for someone – I think we talked about it earlier. Who's going to stand up in the locker room and say, that's not how we play? You know, I think that's what Anthony did. And on a bigger picture of things, we seem to do this every week. I have two things. One is there's a few handful of games left. And I think what this last four, is a four-game winning streak now? Yeah, four-game winning streak in the Big Ten, this Big Ten specifically has showed us, is this fan base... I have a Final Four bust bumper sticker in the cart right now. Like, I don't know if that's really true. Maybe a lead eight or bust. But this team, what, we, what we're what we seeing with this team now is people want, people want to, they want a championship out of this, but I think they are not going to accept anything less than an elite eight appearance is what it seems like now. With the talent this team has, the fact they're putting it together. You beat Rutgers and go into Illinois, which I just realized it's Friday night, that kind of sucks. But, um, you beat Rutgers, beat Illinois, you're going to be a top-10 team. 
you're in the driver's seat. I think I think it's as simple as that. Well, if you win those two games, you're you're number one in the Big Ten. Yeah, so you're in the driver's seat. And you almost feel like as it should be. And that Michigan State game on uh, February 15th on Saturday is just looking like the – I don't even know how to describe it – a monster game. And I know we play them again, but still, like, that is the game from the beginning of the season everybody in the Big Ten was highlighting as that could be the game for the season to this point. And I don't want to jump the gun too much because Rutgers in Illinois and Nebraska is in there too, but I, I can't see us losing Nebraska at home. Um, those Rutgers and Illinois teams are going to fight, but I, I'm just, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid way too hard right now is what I think is happening. Yeah. And I honestly think I am too. You know, this, this team is so, there's just so much expectation. I think it's all rightful. You're talking about somebody, a team that everybody expected to win. I mean, that was the goal here. There's, let's not you know, sugarcoat in any way. The goal was for this team to to do it. You know, it was going to be the one time that we had everything laid out and it was all going to work. And it didn't look like it for a second, but now it looks like it again. And I think that people are happy to see it and, and excited to see it. And I think that's, um, it, it's a good thing. You know, it, it's not it's not a bad thing by any, any stretch of the word. You know, sports is something that's supposed to make people happy and, and, and make people you know, every emotion, but I think when it makes people happy, it's it's at its best. It's doing what it's really meant to do. Well, one more thing before we kind of wrap it up here is I put a poll out um, in the replies of the Maryland uh, Twitter, uh, like we won tweet, and I'm trying to find it now. Um, but basically, it was a poll that asked who the best player on the team ended the Big Ten in parentheses. And with 226 votes, which is a pretty substantial amount, the winner with 55% was Jalen Smith as the best player on the team. And I, I don't know if it's Sticks or Ant, but I, I think I voted for Ant. But Jalen Smith won in a pretty significant margin. Yeah. Um, as just trying to break some news here on the podcast... Um, the Terps did land another, another recruit. It, it looks like it is, I'm trying to figure out right now, but just Jordan, now? what'd you just say? Oh yeah. Um, uh, Jalen Smith. Yeah. The Terps won. land, uh, St. John's running back. Backer. And that is Antoine Littleton. Yeah. He doesn't have a, he doesn't have a 24 seven page. Yes, he like. does. Oh, I can't find it then. But yeah, St. John's College, another one. Wow, that's a what third one in the last like few weeks. Yeah, uh, the Terps have uh, been making inroads there. Uh, Elijah Brooks, the lead recruiter on this one. He is a running back, inside linebacker. Other offers, and this is off of uh, Amond, our friend from Twenty Four Seven, and and Jeff Ehrman, said inside Maryland Sports. Uh, other offers from Cincinnati, Kansas, Louisville, Syracuse, Tennessee, and South Carolina. Uh, in, in a quote they gave to 24-7 or 2-4-7, I just went up there and connected with the coaches. Uh, just got a chance to talk with Coach Loxley, my position coach, Elijah Brooks. So he is playing to play running back at Maryland. And, yes, he is going to be a running back. He is six foot two, sixty-five. 65, Jordan. 
uh, the toughest yeah. player to tackle in the WCAC, a three-star recruit from the 247 composite. Yeah, um, found his page. Uh, 469th nationally. He, I guess he's playing running back. He looks like a, he looks like an inside linebacker to me. Um, but that is his call. Wow, that is a what a thing to happen in the middle of recording this. He, um, yeah, just just now recording this. Uh, fifth best player in DC. That gives the Terps, I believe, number two and number five in DC for 2021. I think the pressure starting to mount. Caleb Williams, of course, the number one player star quarterback at the DMV at DC. Um, but that's a huge get and uh, something I definitely did not expect to happen in the middle of recording, but a, another big get for Maryland football and uh, keep stealing the, sh- the uh, airtime for Maryland basketball, I guess. Yeah. And, and just a quick look here, top players in DC, Caleb Combs, wide receiver, a uh, three-star guy. He's also from St. John's, the Terps hot on the fourth best player in DC, strong side defensive end, Andre Porter, uh, from Baloo, the sixth best player in D.C., also a St. John's guy, uh, three-star offensive guard. Could always use one of those. Uh, looks like he's a South Carolina lean, though. But just a lot of uh, a lot of St. John's interest, and St. John's always a school that has a lot of good players. So, yeah, let's get back to basketball. And I can segue that really easy because you know who else is from St. John's? Anthony Cowan. Anthony Cowan, who, again, according to the Twitter poll that we ran. Hey, and Reese Mona. Can't, can't throw him out. No, no, you can't forget him. Uh, according to the Twitter poll, Anthony Cowan's the second best player in Maryland basketball. And I, I love Sticks. I think he is a fantastic player and could win Big Ten Player of the Year. But I, I don't know if I can compete with Anthony Cowan's accolades and records that he set. But it's a hard call for me. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I think that these two are kind of dueling. They they both do different things. They're completely different players. You can't really pinpoint uh, which one of them is better at right now. And I, I kind of like that. You know, there's no the guy here. We're, we're running off of two guys that are playing, I think, in unison because they feed off of each other. You know, Cowan playing point guard sticks down low. It's it's a team effort. You know, it, there's no there's no mellow Trimble here. You know, and I don't really mean to knock mellow at all when I say that. It's that – for that 2015 team or 2016 team with Diamond, uh, Mello, Robert Carter, Rashid Suleiman, it was about Mello. Uh, let's not uh, uh, sugarcoat that one. It was Mello's show. Here it's the team show. You know, Anthony might be your leader, but Jalen's right behind him. You know, Merrill never had Robert Carter and, and Diamond Stone and Jake Lehman and Rashid Suleiman. Everybody knew Mello Trimble, though. This time, everybody knows Jalen Smith and Anthony Cowan. You know, those two guys have stepped up and they've become the players on this team. Maryland never had that secondary the guy the last time they were supposed to be this good, and it kind of showed. It ended up showing and it ended up being the reason, in my opinion, why they never really made it big that year. Yeah, that's a fair that's a fair point on that. And, they, yeah, they do come at each other extremely well with the way they play, especially with Jalen getting a, more of a three-point shooting game going. Look, we have two stars, and that's – a great thing because they can one of them can have an off game in the world the other one can pick up the slack or another player can pick up the slack and it's worth mentioning that i'm just i have btn on in the background here and for the btn basketball promo the top two players at the end were jalen smith and akashis winston so there you go that they, they six has really become one of the faces of the big 10 this year and i think it's because he's just i think if you're a 
well, I guess we'll see against Rutgers. Rutgers has some um, top, not top tier, but some sizable talent. They have a six ten center from Long Beach as their starter down low. But I think a lot of teams you put six out there, and he's just so athletic, he's so fast, and he's so tall and long that it's just really easy to just be like, wow, that's that's a real athlete right there. That's a basketball player. Versus Anthony Cowan, I love Anthony Cowan. I think he's one of the greatest players in basketball history, and I will. I will fight you on Twitter for, about that, but he's 5'10". He doesn't stick out like Jalen Smith does when he plays. I just think it's that Jalen, he can do it all. Like, I, I don't personally think that. I think Anthony right now is the best player on this basketball team. If I had to choose a player to give the ball to, it's it's Anthony. Actually, no, I'm not even going to say that. It's whichever one's playing better. I think they're almost equal at this point. They do different things. I don't really think it's worth talking about yet. Jalen Smith, look. Anthony Cowan's been there the whole year. Jalen Smith has just shown up. Well, that's not really true. He's been showing up for like at least a month now. But you are right in that Anthony Cowan's been more consistent throughout the season. Uh, I'm giving it to Anthony right now. I mean, Jalen, just to me, he's not there yet. He's getting close. Well, he's really getting close. Well, not there really, yet. We're going to see what this team is made of in the next week or so. These this Rutgers, Rutgers is going to fight hard. I'm expecting a great environment at College Park, and then Illinois. If we beat Rutgers in Illinois, I don't know who they play next. They play Michigan State before they play us. Um, but if they can keep it together, that Illinois environment on Friday night should be absolutely. I'm just gonna say it should be absolutely lit there. It should be a fantastic environment college game, and for Illinois' return to glory, this will be a huge game for them. Yeah, I think it will. Um, Illinois is trying to make it back. They think they belong back. And that's kind of where I'm going to leave this one. Terps. Well, that's kind of where I'm going to leave this Iowa game and move on to the future. Uh, Terps taking on Rutgers. It's not going to be the best environment. A lot of lot of empty seats for this one. If you want to get out to a game and, and have a chance to buy some really good tickets from Maryland directly, they're, they are available for this one. Um, I think Maryland's going to roll. I think Rutgers is definitely taking a huge step forward this season but I don't think they're quite at the level of the Terps, as you were saying earlier. Uh, they just lost a game to Michigan today. They're kind of in and out with it. You know, they've beaten some good teams. They've lost to some good teams. But I think the Terps will roll against uh, Rutgers. And then it's – well, we will have another podcast after that game with a special guest. Trey Watson actually joined us earlier today for an interview that will go along with the Rutgers podcast. And then the Terps are, as you just said, against Illinois. Yeah, that uh, should be a good couple of games. That Rutgers game is going to be one I'm definitely going to sit down and watch. Um, every game every game at this point for me has become much-watched television. Every second of it, I cannot wait for the next one to come. Um, good season so far, but we got to finish it out. Speaking of finishing out seasons, NFL season, and very strange NFL season, comes to a conclusion tomorrow night. It just came out on Twitter that Lamar Jackson is the second unanimous MVP in the history of the league. Um. Who do you got, Mason? The Chiefs and the 49ers should be an exciting matchup. I got San Francisco in this one. Defense too good for Kansas City, who has a fantastic offense, but I think defense wins championships, and it shows. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. Um, the 49ers have one of the best defenses in NFL history, according to the advanced metrics. To whatever you say about them, they have been phenomenal this season. And the Chiefs' offense is – I've never seen anything like it at the college level. It'd be like if you put a Big Ten, not Big Ten, Big 12 offense, try to pull speed steroids and put together the best thrown quarterback maybe in history of the NFL so far. In his career, I mean. I'm not saying, like, 
history, history, but the two seasons so far have been something to behold. I don't think you can replicate that Chiefs offense again in another 100 years in the NFL if you tried. No, I, so much speed I, I don't know about that. They're good, but they haven't won yet. If they win this, then yeah, fine, you can start idolizing them as the only thing like in 100 years. But there's a the Rams of the early 2000s and the Chiefs now, those two are like on the same level. Well, the, well, that that might be a good point. They're the, kind of I do have a great show on turf vibe to them. But do they finish I, I, it? Do they finish they, they it? Have to finish it. You're right. They have to finish it. I think not. Forty ers yeah. I think uh, I don't really. You know, it's one of the few Super Bowls that I kind of look at, and I, I don't think it's that must watch. Like I'm going to watch it. It's the Super Bowl, but I don't really think it's that much must watch to me. It's two teams that I don't really feel any way about. Well, I kind of like both teams, but I've, the Chiefs have become my AFC team in the last few years. I'm going to say, though, the 49ers win, but it's going to be a close game. I'm going to say 31-27 Niners. Just, I feel like the 49ers offense is going to do something here because all the focus has been on the Chiefs offense and the 49ers defense. The 49ers offense is going to fly into the radar and make some sort of miracle play to win this one. I love George Kittle. It's going to be him. Yeah, I'm back to Maryland right before we wrap it up here. Here's a look at the Terps uh, before they, fin- they finish out the season March 8th. Uh, Maryland will play against Rutgers, who could or couldn't. I, I don't see them staying ranked, but we're going to say they're ranked just because they are right now. Uh, or they're quad one, if you really want to throw that term out. Not, I'm not a huge fan of that one, Jordan, but I'll, I'll use it for this case. They're taking Rutgers on at home. Then they're heading out to the number 19 team in the country, Illinois. Then uh, almost a week after that, or uh, eight days after that, they're playing at Michigan State. I oh, just went right up to Nebraska there. Yeah, I know. I'm talking about the big games they're playing. Oh, okay. They're playing at Michigan State. They then host Michigan State. They go on the road to Rutgers, and that game, March 3rd, 7 o'clock at Rutgers, could probably be one of the bigger games that Rutgers plays. And then uh, they're back home with Michigan. And in the middle of that, the games I did not talk about are Michigan and Ohio State. Well, I did mention the Michigan one, but not, it's not a big game. Two teams have been ranked in the top ten. We're not even talking about them. You know, that's how this college basketball season's gone, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I'm just have... saying there's a lot of room for a lot of great wins here against some teams that have been both are ranked very highly now and have been uh, this season. And there's still a lot left to play for, but if you run it, I mean, I can see them running the table, honestly. You know, the road games at Michigan State, I think that that's built up to be something big. At Illinois, I just, I love Maryland in that game. I think Illinois is a great team. They're my sleeper pick to win the Big Ten this season. And then at Ohio State, which is not the best, you know, they play at Minnesota and at Ohio State. I'm not really that worried about either of those ones. Even though Maryland's played very poorly at Ohio State. They have in their yeah, time they in Big have. Ten. Look, yeah, running the table is a possibility, but let's, this is, I don't if you don't say this, but we I think we need to get back to basics here. Just win the games in front of you. If you do the one game at a time thing, I think you can win every game. Keep it focused and keep it together. And we might make it out to the Big Ten tournament this year, Mason. We talked about it a little bit, but we'll see. We'll cross the bridge when we get there. For now, beat Rutgers next week, and be sure to listen next week for Trey Watson, who we had a great interview with. Maybe I would wager to say maybe our best interview yet, but. I guess we'll wait and see what you guys think. Yeah, and that's going to do it for today's podcast. We'll be back after the Terps hopefully take down. Actually, I'm going to say hopefully take down a ranked Rutgers team. I doubt it, though. They're but... not going to be ranked still. The the polls hate Rutgers. They really do. 
Okay, fine. They won't be ranked. After the Terps take down the Rutgers team and before they play Illinois, we'll be back uh, here on the podcast with an interview with Trey Watson, of course, going all oh, oh, going over. Sorry about that. All the Terps news that's happened. Maybe they'll land another football recruit in the next 15 minutes. We'll have to come back and uh, record an ending segment to this. But I hope not. But Hey, you know, Coach Sox has got a roll in. I love it. But, um, yeah, we'll be back later this week. Well, just in a few days, actually. With another podcast, as always, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Viner Four Gates and Rockville, for all of your business IT needs. You can reach Viner Four Gates at 301-251-2900 and Allied Party Rentals, all your party rental needs, big or small. Anything from a lunch into a corporate event, Allied's got you covered with all your needs. You can visit them at alliedpartyrentals.com. And as always, give us a follow at YoungTurp1 on Twitter. And thanks for listening.